Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help you enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. Are you afraid of your auditor? Is your auditor simply a jerk? I've had the pleasure to work with more than a few auditors over the course of my career. I'm happy to report that most of them really aren't as bad as they're made out to be. Believe it or not, auditors are normal people or semi-normal people in some cases. They have a job to do, and we want to make sure they get that done. Our guest today is James Moore, a supervisor on Ray's audit team located in Dublin, Ohio. Even though James is located in Dublin, Ohio, he travels across the state of Ohio. He's quite a famous person in the area of audit service. On this episode of Unsuitable on Ray Radio, James is going to treat us to some behind-the-scene tips that will help make your next audit stress-free. Welcome to Unsuitable, James. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Good. You know, most of our guests, a lot of our guests uh, do bring gifts. Uh, earlier today, we had some donuts that stopped by. We have other trinkets. Looks like you brought a rather unusual gift. Looks like you have a guitar in your hand. Yeah, that's correct, Dave. Uh, brought in my, uh, I've got a, it's called a parts caster. It's one of these uh, kind of Frankenstein companies out on the West Coast. They'll they'll sell you a neck and a body, and you kind of got to do it yourself and buy all the, the guts, the um, electronics and the parts and all that, and, and put it together yourself. But at the end of the day, if you do it right, you can have a pretty nice, pretty nice guitar in your hands for a fraction of, you know, what you might pay one of these big boutique uh, manufacturers for. So uh, coming up on 10 years with this thing and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. Good. That guitar have a name? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Actually. Yeah. Surprisingly enough. Uh, yeah. Maybe give it a couple more years. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll give it a name. Well, before we talk about how to prepare for a financial statement audit, uh, do you mind playing us a song? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, maybe jazz it up a little bit. You guys like uh, Over the Rainbow? Let's do it. Okay. So hopefully uh, this doesn't put everybody to sleep. Got a little uh, ballad in E-flat here. So I uh, hope you enjoy. Yeah. Now that song stands the test of time. When was that song written? 
Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, definitely would have been, you know, before... Uh, before you were born, before yeah, I was long, born. Long before both of us were yeah. born. Yeah, might have been 30s or 40s. Yeah, probably so. Could be. So, hey, you ready to talk about how to prepare for a financial statement audit? Yeah, I would love to. Good. Now, um, I guess our uh, our clients who will be treated, uh, you come out for an audit, you, you might take a break and bring the guitar, play a little tune. Uh, it's entirely possible. Yeah, uh, any clients out there listening, uh, yeah, just let me know. Good, good. <laughs> So anyway, what we want to do is kind of talk about uh, preparing for a financial statement audit as the uh, the years upon us. Just about, um, you know, one of the things that that we talk about is are the financial statements ready to be audited? That's one of the areas I know that you guys, uh, your department, looks at very closely. How do you make that determination whether the financial statements are ready to be audited? Yeah. So some big indications there are uh, what kind of work is going to be needed need to be done to the trial balance after it's provided to us. You know, is the client still making entries? Uh, are there, you know, entries that we're expected to make? How much of a final product is that trial balance that the client gives to us? And, uh, you know, it might, it might be that they've got, uh, you know, a 1231 year end and it takes them, you know, or they, maybe they claim it takes them 15 days to get the books closed down. And, and so we come out, you know, the end of January. Well, yeah, they're still booking entries. Maybe uh, it's maybe it's like eighty percent. So that's probably the biggest indication of uh, you know what's going to need to be done to that trial balance in order to where you know it's it's full on gap accrual basis, uh, and it and it's something that we can uh, it's a finished product that the audit team can test and uh, put an opinion on. So one of the things that makes the auditor a jerk is when your team shows up and the financial statements aren't ready to be audited. The books aren't closed based on what you, you said. That's a number one problem you run into. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. What, what would be your suggestion um, in that regard to, to help a client get closed? What's that mean? I mean, a lot of clients may not know what that actually means. I would say that probably the biggest thing is, uh, you know, the, the financial personnel at the client, whether it be the, the CFO, the controller, uh, accounting manager, whoever, that they're having those conversations with the engagement team saying, yeah, here, here's where we're at. You know, I know we had you scheduled to come out uh, first week of January. We're, we're just running behind. You know, we had this, that, and the other happen. You know, hey, that, that kind of stuff happens. I think if we came, you know, uh, we could come out two weeks later and, and we had a finished product it was looking good. I mean, we could, we could power through that. So, I, I mean, the biggest thing is probably it's, it's a two-way conversation. It's a two-way, two-way street between uh, the client and, uh, and the engagement team. And, you know, we've got, we've got this shared goal of getting, getting the audit report out. And, um, yeah, we want to make it as painless as possible for ourselves and for the client. You know, uh, one of the things, as, as you were talking about that, it, it kind of occurred to me that, you know, if a client's books aren't closed and the audit team is spending more time than usual, that usually drives the audit fee price up. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Uh, and that's, you know, no, no client is going to sign on for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. So you have spent a lot of time in your career coaching a client or the accounting staff uh, to get closed. So they're uh, closed at the end of the year, ready for the auditors. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Okay, let me give you a couple examples and see if you can respond to that. I'm not very good at uh, 
at reconciling uh, my bank account. I get it kind of close enough. I mean, you know, it's it's close enough. Will you accept that as an auditor? Well, you know, the the concept of materiality comes into play here. You know, uh, in, in audit, we're engaged to offer up an opinion on uh, whether the financial statements are free of material misstatements. So it depends the our threshold and the client's threshold. I know, you know, some clients will be out there chasing a dollar. In reality, for an audit, you know, cash doesn't necessarily need to need to tie by that much. So, I mean, if it's if it's pretty reasonable, uh, it's not necessarily anything that's going to keep the auditors up. You know, if we're if we're talking, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, and we have a pretty low materiality, yeah, it's a bigger it's a bigger deal. But we would really need to get a sense for the magnitude of the error. What would you say would be the number one issue? Maybe there's two issues. When you step into uh, the audit environment, what do you need right out of the gate? What, what gets me ready? I'm ready to go. Let's get my statements done. My banker wants it. I've got loan covenants. I need that thing by the end of April. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, step one is going to be the trial balance. I mean, this is, uh, this is the chart of accounts. This is your year-end balances uh, and your balance sheet accounts. It's all the activity going through the income statement. I mean, this is the information that rolls up into uh, the balance sheet in the income statement as of as of and for the year ended, uh, you know, the audit period. So that's kind of step one. That's the first thing we ask for. A lot of times we'll do interim planning. Maybe we'll come out in the fourth quarter of the year and we'll look at, um, you know, through uh, September 30th. So that allows us maybe to get a sense for how your year's been going, even at that interim date, you know, we at the audit team can kind of get a get a comfort level and and get a sense for you know was it a good year uh, based on that information. So you know, a trial balance can be exported as of a specific day and time. You know, we want it as of the uh, the date of the close, so twelve thirty one in calendar year instances. That that's the starting point. You know, the activity, the roll forward of all those counts and the detail of all those income statements accounts, that's your general ledger detail. We can glean a lot of information from those two uh, specific reports. That's that's the starting point. So a key area there is if I have a December year end, I ought to be looking to you to come out in October, November and get started. That may uh, help the process. Yeah, in a lot of cases that, uh, you know, it's all client specific, you know, it's based on uh, the level of complexity, the, you know, how uh, similar, dissimilar from year to year those clients operations are. But yeah, it may make sense to come out in October, November, December to do a little bit. And a lot of times we can do uh, audit testing at that point, you know, well, the data is only as good as the month it's through, but uh, we can, you know, take credit for those samples and for those testing um, for our year end audit. And it it lessens the amount of time we have to come out there in uh, January, February, March, uh, whenever we would normally be scheduled to come out. Okay. So as the auditor, you've set very high expectations for me as the client to be ready for you guys. You know, if I hire Ray to audit my financial statements, what are my or what should my expectations be of you as my auditor? You know, good, great communication uh, to, to keep the client accountable to, uh, to meet the deadlines that we've set together. You know, that's, that's a two-way street. It's, you know, are you going to be uh, ready for us? Is your financial statement information going to be ready for us? Are all the documents and 
underlying support going to be ready for us as of this? Uh, if we've given you a date and you've met that deadline, well, we need to meet our deadline. We're going down this road together. So that's that's what you can expect of us. So it's a two-way street. It's a partnership. We're working together to get this document out. I believe that. You know, what happens if I, again, if I am not ready for you, I can expect one of two things. One, a increased fee, or I'm going to be pushed back in the schedule. Yeah, that's that's entirely possible. Uh, you know, this is a, it's a relationship. It's a partnership. We try to work with our clients as best as possible. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it's easily, easily accommodable. We can, we can move something a week. If we really feel like we're we're backed up into a corner, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a little longer than that. These relationships with our clients have been here, you know, longer than I have in in many cases. So it's uh, it's all about maintaining those. You know, as auditors, you guys have your own special language. It's almost like a foreign language. You know, it's gap, it's trial balance, it's current ratio, it's inventory turns, net assets. I'm confused. Can you? sit down. Will your team sit down with me and explain all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our, our team has the uh, knowledge, skills, and expertise to, to have that conversation with, with the controller, with the CFO, with the AP clerk, with, with whoever, you know, we can, uh, you know, we like to think we're a big advocate for our clients. So you're not the jerk. Well, you got the common goal. I don't think I am. No, you're pretty. Have you heard otherwise? <laughs> uh, well, no, not not recently. Not recently. No, okay. you uh, you were actually very famous for uh, meeting the deadlines for financial statement audits. So, um, talk to me about uh, audit difficulties. What areas do you find that are the most difficult uh, to to audit? Are they line items? Are they specific? areas, revenue items, balance sheet items? I would say, you know, revenue, there's a lot that falls under that umbrella. Some, uh, you know, some entities are a lot more simple than others, and some have very complex uh, contracts with multiple deliverables, and, and you know, it's not just necessarily $500,000 the day you sign the contract. Maybe, the, maybe that's being recognized over the life of uh, over the life of this contract and falls over multiple periods. And, uh, you know, that, that becomes incredibly important because, um, it's not just about one period. It's about multiple periods of time being, uh, being stated correctly and multiple income statements and multiple balance sheets. Uh, you know, there's a lot of effect there. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some pretty large new accounting standards coming down the road, uh, in relation to, uh, deliverable based contracts. And that's, I know there's some teams at, at Ray that are kind of uh, getting up to speed on that so that they can get our clients up to speed. Hopefully in, uh, you know, in the interim, as, as this stuff's getting put into place, our clients can be uh, ahead of the curve there. So the audit environment is ever-changing more so than it ever has because of all the technology and electronic transfers, et cetera. Are you seeing that in the field? Yeah, we're we're seeing that we're seeing uh, you know that that IT piece of this, and uh, you know our teams we're trying to get ourselves up to speed as much as possible. But you know we we need to call the specialists in. We've got some great specialists here at Ray, and so uh, we got we got those folks on speed dial for you know matters that are just above our uh, level of knowledge, skills, and expertise. As uh, as my auditor, are you going to find some fraud? Are you going to audit for fraud? We are not 
specifically going to audit for fraud. We have to address fraud, but it doesn't, fraud may exist in your entity and we may not catch it. And that all goes back to we give an opinion on whether the financial statements are free of material misstatement, whether due to error or fraud. So we are focused on the misstatement. We have to, if we think there are inherently risky areas for fraud at your organization through just knowledge of the client, walkthroughs, inquiries, um, you know, it's a small shop, there's a a husband and wife running this thing, you know, if there's opportunities, uh, we have to design custom procedures so that we feel comfortable uh, with giving an opinion on the financial statements. So there are engagements out there that will uh, perform, you know, more of the forensic stuff, more, uh, you know, fraud specific. And, and that's, that's not something I do specifically. Sounds like though, potentially uh, your team will look for, uh, you know, problem areas that may um, cause fraud or misstatement just by errors. I mean, just by your general testing, you may not specific, but you may say, Hey, the, the climate is right. It could happen. Yeah, that's exactly right, Dave. Do you have time for uh, another song? Oh, I think I could make you know, that happen. Let me uh, let me check with our production crew see if we have time. Hey, Jerry, we got time for another song? Oh, we got time. We got time. Okay. Uh, what do you got for us? You folks uh, like a little bossa nova, some uh, Antonio Carlos Yobim? Sure, you got Woo! it. Okay. Uh, key of D, pretty pretty happy key. I okay. Like, I like D. So okay. Okay. Sounds good. Jamming with James Moore, supervisor at Ray and Associates and special famous person in audit of financial statements. Thanks for the entertainment. Hey, thanks for having me on, Dave. You know, as we bring this uh, episode back uh, to the f- to the final uh, leg, just want to kind of conclude with uh, some of the things we talked about. Number one is united by a common goal, both the auditor and the client, and certainly are the financial statements ready to be audited. That's critical uh, in this space. And we want clients out there to hold the auditors accountable. I agree with that. Absolutely. We, if, if we give you a deadline, it's, it's two-way street. Please, please hold us to that. Uh, if you've kept up your end of the bargain and you're, you know, we're not meeting your expectations, uh, it does not look good for the Ray family over here. It's a deal. You got a deal, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for joining. And if clients want to uh, set up a jam session with you, do they just uh, call the office, shoot you an email, invite you over to look at the uh, financial statements? 
All of the above. All of the above. Thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today, James. I think we've all gained some valuable insight into the audit process. Listeners, if you have any questions about what you should be doing to prepare for your next audit, feel free to reach out to myself or James directly, or you can send a general message to podcast at raycpa.com. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to take a look at Ray's YouTube channel to watch videos of our weekly podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.